All right, I'm not sure if I'm live or not. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty. You're watching the God Logic Project. Tonight we got a, a, a really powerful, disturbing uh, message for you guys. This is something that uh, I was, got, a lot of, got a lot of blowback, a lot of people upset with me during the week on social media. I uh, didn't want to tip my hand too much, but I wanted to encourage you guys to watch this. This is an important topic. Uh, think of it as more of a, a not-so-subtle warning to a clear path to uh, actually making pedophilia legal in America. Uh, slowly but surely, I think it's happening. We'll make that argument tonight so you guys know I'm not a proponent of this. I'm just delivering you uh, uh, my theory of how this could happen. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to my guest in a second, but first, the intro music. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty, and this is the God Logic Project. Shut up, Kevin. That's right. I'm Kevin Haggerty. That's Mike Houston telling me to shut up like he does every week. I uh, have uh, Jack Martin in the studio today, and, and you guys may know Jack from previous episodes. Uh, we have a, a controversial, a tough topic to talk about tonight. We're gonna. I'm talk, I've been really concerned with the with the softening uh, of of the view on pedophilia in America and uh, doing the research for this episode. Tonight's episode was very difficult, very hard to do. We got a, a really painful, uh, really awkward video for you to watch here to open up. But first, I'm going to introduce you to Jack. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, my brother. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a couple months since you've been on, right? I like like October somewhere there. Yeah, it's been a longer than yeah, longer than a couple months. Uh, I look much younger now, don't I? Don't <laughs> I look gonna, good? I'm not going to answer that one. <laughs> I've probably put on some weight since then. Uh, so we have a we have a very difficult topic. Now, the reason I invited you in to talk about this is, of course, I like to have guests on my show. I get tired of listening to myself. And I'm sure people get tired of listening to me. But the, uh, uh, this is a topic that, that goes fairly well with some of the things that you deal with as a retired pastor and an advocate in the community for parents' rights and children's rights uh, in, the, in Pasco County here. So you're very active in that community, and you were the first guy I thought of when I thought about doing this episode. To be honest with you, it's not an episode I wanted to do. It was an episode I was very comfortable doing. Uh, but it's an episode I think we need to do. So what we're going to do here is, is discuss... Uh, uh, the state of kind of the state of pedophilia in America right now. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, kind of where it's at now, and I think they have a very clear, uh, uh, clear path to making this legal. And I think the right people may be involved in this. Uh, that it would be that it would be logical. Uh, I'd be surprised if it didn't happen. So while I'm not a proponent of this, I don't advocate for this. Uh, I, I this is not this is a not so subtle warning that this is a very real thing and uh, very concerning for me. Uh, and I'm sure for you, Jack, right? Amen. Amen. So the, uh, uh, I think we're going to start off with a video. Um, I'm going to show you guys a video right now uh, from Good Morning America. That is, uh, that is a syndicated, nationally syndicated uh, morning show uh, with Michael Strahan from my New York Giants. Uh, and, and they're introducing uh, uh, a, a kid drag queen, basically. So we're going to talk a little bit about the hypersexualization of our, our youths. And that's kind of where Jack comes in. Uh, they, there is a move in our school system and, and in society in general uh, to kind of hypersexualize our kids to make it to make everybody kind of more comfortable with our children's sexuality. Uh, uh, some of the research I did and some of the things I watched, um, people were very, uh, you know, I, I had some compassion for folks that were struggling with this uh, dysphoria, or whatever it is. Uh, they were concerned for their safety, like anybody would be, uh, and 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 by no means do I ever advocate any kind of. Uh, violence towards any group of people, right? We are Christians, and, and we need to, to uh, uh, 
Uh, we need to speak the truth, but do so with gentleness and respect. And I'm hoping that's what we do tonight. Uh, if you like the content tonight, if you like the content of the God Logic Project, please subscribe, ring the alert bell. You'll be alerted every time we put up new content, which is usually Wednesday nights at 7. Although I have scheduled some special episodes uh, on Mondays and, and Friday nights. So uh, uh, if you bring the alert bell, you won't have to worry about all that. You get a little alert on your phone or your tablet or your computer, uh, even your TV nowadays, that the God Logic Project is up. I want to thank you guys who continue to shop at Amazon.com. First, going to God Logic Project godlogicproject.com clicking on the amazon logo shopping is normal uh, amazon turns out to be a little less than a dollar every time somebody shops there they donate it to the uh, god logic project so that's awesome uh now the video we're going to show is uh, uh this is from good morning america and uh this is michael strahan and i'm not sure who the girl is there but they're they're going to introduce to you uh an 11 year old trailblazing uh, drag queen. So this is, uh, we're going to stop and start this video as we go, but this is, uh, this was recently on a nationally syndicated morning show in the United States. And if you haven't heard the name Desmond Napolis, get ready for this trailblazing 11 year old drag kid who RuPaul is calling the future and bravery is inspiring so many. All right, right away, the future and bravery. Uh, so the, uh, they're making this so attractive. For, for, for this young man and, and for anybody that feels like they uh, are seeking kind of kind of uh, inclusion and, 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 and uh, their personal identity being celebrated, these types of things. So it is almost, to me, predatory. Uh, yeah, they're painting a good face on a, on a negative situation. So the same things maybe that drive young men into inner city gangs, yep. uh, that acceptance, that, that, uh, that camaraderie, that celebration, that unity – uh, is the same thing I, I'm afraid that might be driving people into things like this. Exactly. But I'm going to stop this video uh, uh, on and off just to kind of comment on some of the red flags I see just in this two-minute video. We're going to talk to him in just a moment, but first, let's take a look at his amazing story. I am Desmond. I'm 11 years old, and I like pizza, trains, and drinking root beers, and it's caffeine-free. All right, the caffeine-free comment is an important one because it is, uh, uh, as you'll see as the video goes on, uh, it, it almost uh, reinforces the quality of parenting this kid has that uh, they're, they're so concerned about their kid's well-being that they, they won't let them drink caffeinated root beer. Which yeah, they, they kind of sandwich the trans in between pizza that everybody loves and the healthy side of the soda, so yeah. Yeah, so they're making it seem like these are healthy, well-adjusted parents, and I would make the exact opposite argument. And I, I really feel for this kid, but let's continue to uh, to watch this. I also do drag, and I love to put on makeup, dresses, and wigs, and of course, jewelry if necessary. My full drag name is Desmond. It's amazing. Feel very happy to have a mom that accepts me. So it really. All right, so the acceptance that he just got right there, that he expressed right there. By the way, you'll notice this this eleven year old using very uh, adult terms so yeah. he is these are terms that are that we'll hear in the media we'll hear it in in uh, adults using to kind of put this in the best possible light and we see a kid that uh that is clearly being fed these terms to s these key terms these uh sound bites and hashtag type of terms that it may put this thing in the best possible light and the acceptance of a parent i uh, wonder while, i wonder if he's an only child only because uh, the adult language seems to be 
like that of a, a child that would have been raised around all adults. Yeah, and that's interesting. So my, my son, I had my son, my 11-year-old son, when he was older, when I was older, and uh, he is uh, uh, he is super articulate because he's almost, even his sisters are older, and, and so he's always been around people that were people. that were articulate, uh, perhaps with the possible exception of his dad. Uh, <laughs> will, so We won't go there. <laughs> yeah. So we'll go back to this video, but I, I want you to kind of see how they reinforce the acceptance and the uh, celebration. They use terms like bravery and, and pioneering and breakthrough, and, and these are all terms that are, are super attractive to someone. Uh, all kids are vulnerable, right? Yeah, but yeah. they use these terms on a vulnerable adults too. And to me, like I said, it's almost predatory that they do it because they're making this seem it's it's heartbreaking. What should be unacceptable, they're making acceptable. Yeah, and so uh, let's just watch it. It really touches me deeply that there are other children out there that he's reaching and they're listening to him. And and I'm not trying to be funny, but clearly a strong male role model is missing from this kid's life because dad is he had his shoulders down, uh, a not not terribly masculine looking man, and he's uh. uh it's a silent voice in the background. Certainly, mommy is the spiritual leader of this home. Yeah. And he is, uh, he will do whatever it seems like in this short interview. Uh, the body language ain't great, and the words he chooses, and the way she looks at him when he speaks, uh, she's running the show. Yeah. He's influencing them to be themselves. I'm very proud of him. So, being yourself, uh, a great message uh, if yourself is, is well adjusted. So, if yourself is an alcoholic, then and it's not a good idea to be yourself, right? Exactly. If, you, if yourself is a homicidal maniac, then being yourself is not a great idea. Yeah. So but we take these little hashtags and these little uh, blurbs uh, that, that are meant to inspire people, right? And then they manipulate them into, into uh, what I clearly see as a, as a broken situation. Exactly. But listen to Dad kind of. Him. Watch I'm Mom's face. Found his monitoring so every word he My says. My joy in this is just seeing Desmond happy. I love doing drag because it makes me feel amazing and self-expressive. All right, amazing and self-expressive, right? Those are not terms that an 11-year-old boy will generally use to describe himself, but they are certainly terms that the, the LGBT community will use to encourage people into that role. And, and that it, role. it gets them acceptance. It makes them important. It makes them unique, the center yeah, unique. Yeah. Yeah. And it wears off, and that's where the tragedy begins. That's, exactly. that's the heartbreaking part. It just feels amazing to know that people love what I do. My one big message would be three words. Be yourself always. Be yourself always. Uh, that is, again, a, a really positive message, right? It's, it's a self-affirming message, but not if you're, uh, not if you're uh, a broken person, right? Exactly. So I didn't want to be myself. It wasn't good advice for me to be myself when I was a criminal or a drug addict or an alcoholic. Exactly. Uh, the worst advice I could have got is just be yourself. You're just expressing yourself. You'll be in jail, yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the idea is in, there are instances where being yourself is terrible advice. Right. This, I think, is one of them. But watch. Now pay close attention to the audience during this. Right away, that's Michael Strahan, one of my New York Giants and a guy I loved. And this is heartbreaking to see him. Well, and, and, and anybody this. that looks at Strahan as a hero himself hears him say that, and it's like, okay, I guess I was wrong in my view, Michael said. Yeah, so if Michael Strahan says it's okay, then it must be pretty yeah, okay. Yeah. Not me, but some people, right? Weaken their convictions. Exactly. Uh, but watch this. This is, uh, again, nationally syndicated TV show, uh, morning show, all over America. And this is an 11-year-old boy. Yeah. 
the entire audience is clapping. The one woman that doesn't clap, you'll see, uh, is smiling. There's a guy back there not clapping, but look at this lady here. She's not clapping, but she's leaning forward, and she's really participating. And there's a guy back here I missed earlier. Uh, he doesn't seem to be clapping. Uh, so just the thought of adults clapping and accepting that as a norm. A child's sexuality yeah. and doing a, a sexual dance here, which you'll see. <laughs> I love that you love root beer caffeine free. So again, the reference to the healthiness, uh, uh, emotionally, spiritual, and physical healthiness of of these parents that make sure well, well, like caffeine it, it is this kid's right biggest past, problem. It looks right right past what right past did. the problem. Yeah. So caffeine is, um, I'm guessing, not this biggest this family's biggest problem. That's my opinion. I can get on board with that. My mom doesn't like me drinking caffeine. Does it so there's, there's, the, uh, there's the first two minutes of that show, and it was a whole interview, but we're not going to play the whole video. We, we're going to use fair use laws, and I hope YouTube's fair use laws. I will, can, I will leave a link for that uh, in the description below. You can watch the whole video if you like uh, when I make the final uh, upgrades to this video. Uh, but it is heartbreaking to look at that and think, to my, and, and to think that this is, um, this is more and more becoming the norm. This, this was videos from a couple of years ago, a year ago, maybe two years ago. Uh, five years ago, this was unthinkable. You know, and if the audience were in their 20s, it would maybe make a little more sense because they they become desensitized. But these are older people. Yeah. You and know, that you're, you know they were raised in a different time. And, they, and then they, therefore, probably are responding to the acceptance of, I don't want to be the only one not clapping. Exactly. I don't want to stand bold in my convictions when, I might, when Michael Strahan says it might be right. Yeah. right? And we're going to go into that with Hollywood and politicians and uh, particularly the effect of Hollywood. Uh, we'll do that next. But the, uh, uh, the idea that uh, we, we, we get an emotional attraction or emotional... Uh, relationship with with hollywood stars and tv stars so yeah. when when someone like michael strahan says this is okay uh, or even fails to say it's not okay in my opinion then uh then they're one step closer to to this really being okay now the um the, the kind of the gist of our interview here today or in our uh presentation almost here today is that we're gonna i'm gonna lay out what a clear path uh, this community, this this these people have to uh, being legal, yeah. right, and to being uh, uh, and, and to being celebrated and accepted, and and so we're going to go through that for the next hour. Um, if you guys again, uh, if there's anything I could do for you, by the way, uh, put myself in the camera. If there's anything I can do for you guys, by the way, if you're struggling with any of these things, if you need uh, uh, any help spiritually or chemically, if you're struggling with any kind of addiction at all, you want to be a guest on the show, got a story to tell. Email me at godlogicproject at gmail.com. Our guest last week got on the show from doing just that. Uh, again, it's uh, godlogicproject at gmail.com. Uh, we can do video remotes, and we can uh, so you don't have to be here in Tampa Bay to to uh, uh, to be on this show. And 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 I'll consider just about any topic uh, when doing this show. If we can be, if we can talk about things that are and do so with kindness and respect, gentleness and respect, I'll be glad to do it. Uh, 
kind of the motto of the God Logic Project is how to maintain a Christian worldview in a post-Christian America. Right. And, uh, and, and the problem I see is kind of intellectual bubbles. The right people on the right tend to talk to people on the right and everybody agrees. And people on the left tend to talk to people on the left and everybody agrees. But what worries me is we have, I, I tell folks, beware of any ideology that flourishes in the darkness, yeah. but withers in the light. So uh, if you can't talk about these things calmly and non-emotionally and logically, publicly, there's a problem. And yeah. that's why people are so attracted to their safe spaces and their little, uh, their little intellectual and, and social bubbles, uh, and which is healthy and normal. But when we have social issues like this, uh, there needs to be dialogue. And that's what I'm trying to do with the God Logic Project. So to be on this show, to be a guest on this show, clearly, if you've watched any episode, you don't have to agree with me. Uh, I don't seem to agree with everybody on everything. You and I talking before the show didn't agree on everything. Sure. Uh, so it is, uh, uh, it is, it, we need to understand that whether we, we agree with each other or we don't agree with each other, we need to be able to talk about these exactly. things and without getting emotional. I think when you start to get really emotional, usually it's because your logical break, your logical uh, argument has broken down. Uh, so you've usually gotten to a place where, you're out of bullets and you haven't won, so then you you tend to attack the person or yeah. or the or the belief you resort, system. You resort to the lowest level. Yeah. So the uh, and that's kind of what uh, uh, what I like to try to avoid. But this is a very difficult, divisive topic. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, by the way, uh, you can get the full content here at Godlog at YouTube.com forward slash Godlogic Project. Uh, we're going to have a phone line open in the second half of the show. You'll be able to call in, tell me what you think. Uh, you can also comment, and I will track the comments in, on, on my phone. Uh, I'll track the comments on my phone here as we go live. Uh, so you can also comment here live, and I, I, can, uh, I can see your comments down below here. I know this is a very touchy topic, and, and, and it's not something people like to, uh, to speak into. I have a lot of friends that are, are keyboard warriors. They love to talk about this stuff on Facebook. I invite them to come on the show, and the, the answer is no. So they, uh, what they want to do is stay hide behind their keyboard and, and put out their funny memes and get their sound bites and, and but they don't really want to talk about it. And they certainly don't want to be called a homophobe or a xenophobe or a sexist so or a are, racist or anything like that. One of the things that, like that. I, I hope that we come across clearly on is while while I am completely against pedophilia, I am compassionate towards a person who's struggling with it on either side of it and would do anything I could to help them. I know you would do the same. Yeah. It, it, I think once we say we're against a particular action, suddenly everything else gets shut down. And, and like you said, that doesn't do any good. Yeah, so this is almost like an intellect. Hopefully this becomes, the God Logic Project becomes kind of an intellectual safe zone for people that disagree to speak yeah, calmly exactly. and, and, and rationally about things uh, without, going, without going off. Now, I've had guests that are... You know, super liberal, left-wing, progressive, lefty guys, and they were they were well disciplined on the show. Yeah. And as soon as the show was over, now I'm in post-production right away, so I can go to bed at a decent hour. And they're blowing up my phone with text messages, calling me names and everything else. So the uh, uh, it's important that we uh, that we just stay calm and logical and, and understand that there is no uh, uh, there'll be no hate professed exactly. here. And if there is, th then th that yeah, person yeah. won't be back. Exactly. Uh, so it is. Uh, you've been on. We've talked about tough subjects before. And, uh, and, and it, we've always, we've always done so with gentleness and respect, like first Peter three fifteen calls us to do Amen. give a reasonable defense for the joy that's within us, but do so with gentleness and respect, Amen. be able to defend your position without being hateful, right? You we still it. need to live the gospel. We need to be the gospel. Now, uh, uh, that's kind of the beginning of the show here, guys. Um, uh, 
I've got some, one of the things I'm going to do this year, uh, which I didn't do last year, is I'm going to be more professional by using show notes, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, so we will have, uh, I've upgraded some aspects of the studio I was showing Jack before we started. So we should be able to put out a more professional product for you guys, a product worth listening to and watching. Uh, will be available, by the way, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and like six or seven other platforms that nobody ever uses. Uh, but we'll be available uh, uh, for audio version. This will be uploaded tonight before we before we call it a day. Uh, now, I brought up earlier Hollywood, and uh, it's not just uh, it's not just that they are uh, living freely, more freely than the rest of the country, or they are avant garde, or or uh, woke or, or somehow more evolved than the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, they are, uh, they, they, they wield a lot of power in American society. So we see, we saw, uh, was it Ashley Judd? Um, with Harvey. Yeah. She came out and, uh, and, 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 and confessed kind of what she did and, and what happened with Harvey Weinstein. And then a flood of people started the me too you move, movement flood of people came after her, uh, that, that they went through the same things with this guy. Now this guy's, in court right now he's facing charges when i was doing homework on the on the uh, uh pedophilia within hollywood it was very convoluted convoluted and mixed with the sexual assault that's going on in hollywood and i don't it's almost they can't be separated now uh, i don't want to defend that kind of behavior uh but some of the guys that that swore some of the young ch child actors that are now adults that swore they were going to start naming names year or two ago, still haven't named any names by my research, and maybe they have, and I'm not going to name names of anybody that hasn't been charged or convicted with any of this. Yeah. So, uh, but they are names that we would, that, that we watch in our movies, people we love. Um, the, uh, a lot of the young actors probably were trying to draw some attention to themselves, trying to restart their career, whatever it was. One of the young guys, uh, his career is booming, so he didn't have to do that. Uh, but he still hasn't named all the names he said he was going to name, written a book or anything like that. So he either his whatever his demands were were met, uh, or he was just trying to keep his name in the headlines. Maybe he's older now, he's trying to transition to as an adult actor from a child actor, whatever. But my point is, the people in Hollywood are people that we have an emotional relationship with. So if I were to hear this, and I haven't heard this, but if I were to hear this about somebody like. Denzel Washington, my favorite actor, yeah, a guy I love, a professing Christian, by the way. Uh, if I heard that, I would find it hard to believe. I would be almost defensive of that. Uh, but there are other big-name guys that are well-loved in America uh, that have been implicated in some of, of these Bill things. Think of Bill Cosby, somebody like that. Yeah, Bill Cosby used to be America's dad, right? Yeah. Uh, the uh, That is something that either at first, you know, that we go through the five steps of grief, right? We don't want to admit it. There's a little denial that will almost be defensive of Anger. that. But pick your favorite actor, um, and if they were named in, in, as a pedophile or somebody that used their position to uh, uh, to force somebody to have sex with them for pro for promotion, if not money, um, then they would be uh, that would be heartbreaking for us. So these people, these Hollywood folks, they Hollywood sets the social agenda in America. So we learn a lot about our American culture. The, the old saying: Does art follow? Does art mimic reality or does reality mimic art? It's kind of a blurry line. It's hard to tell sometimes. But clearly people in Hollywood set the social agenda. And as they make this more and more okay in their movies and on TV shows, right? Well, that's that, like we just saw. a lot more of it too. Yeah. So then all of a sudden it's going to become more and more uh, okay. So yeah. the uh, uh, there was a little kind of heavy set kid and her mom that used to do uh, 
beauty pageants. It was like oh, on it was on yeah, MTV I can, I or can't something. Think of her name, but I know. Yeah, I forget I the kid's name. But that was disturbing to watch, right? When you when I watched that, I was like, oh my god, kind of parents, you know, dressing their kid up like like a, a runway model, and and you know, it's just disturbing to watch that kind of stuff for me. But it's becoming less and less disturbing for people. So my kids were not bothered by that. My older kids. Um, but while I was, you know, so you point out the ages of the people in the audience, there is pressure, there's social pressure, political pressure for us to be more accepting of these yeah. things. I think that that is the beginning of that clear runway I was talking about, that clear path to political power that the, uh, the pedophile community uh, has in front of them. So they are, I'm um, seeing terms like, uh, let's look at my notes a little bit, uh, hashtag Ver, verped, B-I-R-P-E-D, yeah. virtual pedophilia, uh, uh, virtuous pedophilia. Uh, so they are people that are non-offending pedophiles are beginning to be celebrated. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about academia and the college, uh, uh, kind of the college scene and how I think that's where this is really going to explode yeah. from. Yeah. Uh, and they even have a term called uh, gold star pedophiles. Gold star pedophiles are people that uh, struggle with the urge, with sexual attraction in minor children, uh, but they don't act on it. And so then they, they would need to be celebrated for their, their restraint. And to some degree, of course, if it's true, they should be celebrated for restraining that. We should be celebrated for restraining any sinful nature we, we hold. My adult adultery uh, needed to be reined in, right? Uh, it, it wasn't okay, even though it was socially acceptable, not scripturally it, it, acceptable, yeah. and it's not okay for me, right? And at the end of the day, we, not one group of people should get to set the terms of this conversation and make the definitions, lay out the definitions for us. So uh, uh, it is it, Hollywood is, has a tremendous influence, and the uh, the idea that they can slowly but surely begin to change the culture with their movies and with their own personal behaviors, uh, knowing that we have a certain emotional attraction to some of them, right? Well, if you just you only have to jump from shows when I was a kid like Father Knows Best to yeah. today and see how they've transitioned the culture. Yeah, and it, it is, uh, uh, there were shows when I was a kid, now that was a little bit before my time, but when I was a kid, you know, uh, I forget what it's called, Archie Bunker, uh, If those are horrible shows now. I mean, they're funny, but they were horrible shows now if you were to watch it. If my kids watched that, they'd be shocked. It was on TV in my house every night, and nobody even batted an eye. It was just yeah. funny. Uh, so, but we see slowly but short, soft, uh, certainly, surely the the next generation Shifting. coming along a little bit. Uh, uh, what do they say? One generation sin is the next generation's uh, uh, becomes a norm almost. Yeah, yeah. So then the next generation will live that and celebrate that, and, and I think we're beginning to see that. Uh, another thing, and this is kind of where you come in. Uh, Hollywood can provide us with the sexual sexualization of children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, I remember we talked before the show started about the Maplethorpe exhibit in New York in the eighties. And, and when I was a kid, it was on the news all the time, but there was essentially a uh, museum of modern art or something like that. But, uh, or the metropolitan, I'm not sure, but they, it was essentially photographs of children, minor children, naked, not in sexual positions necessarily, not in the act of having sex, but they were naked. The light was hitting their privates just right or their butt or legs just right or their sure. che undeveloped chest just right. And, and it was an outrage, and rightfully so, but because it was art, they let it go. Yeah. So the, the lines can be blurred and then, therefore, pushed without us noticing. And I think that's kind of what goes on. But what do you see in, in the community with the in, – in this even in our Pasco County schools here in Florida, what do you see 
uh, happening with the sexualization of children. Well, if, if you go back to when I was a kid, health taught you functions like how a child was born. Uh, it didn't teach you positions to use. It didn't teach you protections to take or, yeah. or, or different, different choices. Today in, in Pasco, uh, you know, they're, they're changing the sex education. I'm waiting to see all of what comes out. But some of the stuff that I've been able to see pictures on is, is scary. And, and you're saying this is not the role of the school to be teaching a child something that would violate the parental view of that child. And that, and it's, you know, it's taking out of your hands and my hands the right to tell our children what's right or wrong. And that is the problem. That's where I stepped in uh, as an advocate for, for parents' rights, really, because what was happening in our school board, was that we were teaching not just the bio. I just had the talk with my son, by the way. Uh, but the uh, uh, they're not just talking about the, the biological process of reproduction and the responsibility that goes along with that. And, and in my case, I talked about the importance of abstinence and wait until you're married yeah. for the yeah. social structure. We see the social collapse of the United States for sure is centered around the sexual revolution or, or was fed by the, sex, the sexual revolution. Uh, we got uh, 50% of the marriages end in divorce now, sure. which is inside and outside of the church, by the way, uh, and uh, upwards of 40% of kids are born to single-parent homes now. Yeah. And I, by the way, have participated in that. I've been raising a child by myself for seven years sure. because I had a baby with somebody I wasn't married to back before I was saved but um, the uh, or right when I was saved. But the uh, um, slowly but surely, these things, uh, A, they become okay, and B, it takes a generation or two maybe to see the, the damaging effects that, yeah, that yeah. it has on it. Well, that's the problem. At the, in the, the initial point, it seems like a good idea and good education. When you see the results two generations down the road, yeah. you realize, boy, what were we thinking? Yeah. So it, I, always, I always laugh, but only half laugh about participation trophies, right? Yeah. That the, uh, uh, it's probably not a good idea to give a kid to finish ninth in a race, a trophy, when, when the first three kids are the ones that should get them, you know? Exactly. Uh, but are we not seeing a sense of entitlement because we have a whole generation of, you know, uh, participation award kids. Yeah. Uh, and now they feel they, that does not prepare them for the real world. Winning and learning to lose is part of learning in life. Right. Yeah. Uh, and these kids have never had to learn to lose. Now they're adults in the workplace and they're not getting any, they're not going to get a raise just cause they're, they're the office mate got a raise. Exactly. Right. Uh, and that then is unfair thinkable or unfathomable to them. So we, we see the results 30 or 40 years later, right? So the sexual revolution in the 70s, we're paying for that now, yeah. right? Socially, we're and paying for that And I was part of now. that, so I can't say much. So. Yeah, and but we can in that we, uh, we're we not talking about something we learned in a weekend seminar. Yeah. I can tell you that, uh, and I love being a father. I wish I wasn't a single father sometimes, but I certainly love being a father. Uh, but it's not what's best for that boy, Yeah, you know? Uh, so it is, uh, it, it, things are working out and he's doing well, but the, the ideal situation would be that uh, if he had a mother and a father and, and a loving home. home. So the, uh, uh, it is, um, it is slowly but surely, uh, creating that damage and there, the, it adds a sense of desperation or need for acceptance of all sorts of, of people, well, which well, is and, good. And when you look at it, when the father is one missing, the boy is lacking that fatherly role. The mother is raising them from a feminine point of view yeah. uh, and they're looking for that male attention. And oftentimes it's the pedophile that comes along who knows how to recognize that person yeah. and, and takes advantage of them. And then we, if we fail, if we derive our self-worth from anything with our relationship with our creator, God, then 
uh, a predator, any prey behavior triggers a predator response. It's, yep. it's human nature and it's nature nature. So uh, I was fishing one time, good example for you. I was fishing one time and I caught a bass, a nice bass in a little lake uh, with a wild shiner that already had a wild shiner in its mouth still, not even in its stomach. Wow. So when I reeled it in, it had two wild shiners in its mouth. So it had just hit a loose, a free wild shiner, saw my wild shiner struggling on the hook, and with a fish in his mouth, took the opportunity to strike at the other prey. Yep. Uh, so, and we see that emotionally and spiritually in, in human behavior. So it is, uh, it's heartbreaking. Uh, and, and the, uh, I don't like to be prudish. I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to be a, a Mennonite. I don't want to be, uh, some crazy fundamentalist Christian dude. I, I want to be compassionate and, and, and loving to everybody, but does, but I cannot lie to people. I can't condone their behavior just because it makes them feel better. Uh, you deal, we both deal with gender identity issues. Um, and if somebody came to me and it's a body dysphoria, it's like anything else. So if a man uh, thinks he's a woman or a woman thinks he's a man, especially when they're young and they're confused about these things, you gotta be very careful how you influence, influence that process. But if someone came to you or came to me as pastors and said, I'm struggling with anorexia and my solution was to celebrate obesity, tell you how wonderful obesity is. And that uh, you can be, you know, there's really no connection between heart disease and obesity. And you look great at obese and most people look good obese and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I have made them feel better. I've made a difference, right? But you I've, haven't helped them. Yeah. I've done what feels good, but have I done what does good, yeah. right? Have they, I moved them forward from their, from their, uh, that dysphoria, that body dysphoria. So, and, and if you don't recognize that your biological gender, I can't see how that's not akin to that. No, and, and more and more, it's becoming illegal in a lot of states to to tell to them from, from that point of view yeah. uh, that the counseling is limited to my way or the highway. And, you know, it's like a doctor. If you come into the doctor and you've got a skin disease and he's not supposed to talk about it, so he tells you, you know, you've got a headache and gives you aspirin. Yeah. He hasn't helped you. You walk out with the same problem yeah you got an 11 year old boy struggling probably with a uh, uh socially constructed gender identity problem uh and the answer is to celebrate it and make sure you don't drink caffeine yeah you know because i don't want to be a bad mom right yeah. um so it is uh it is it is heartbreaking to watch this stuff happen now part of my research part of what i found when i was kind of looking into this and uh i had an awkward story of I took my buddy to the VA yesterday. I was there all day. So I did a lot of my research yesterday in the VA and some of the old vets were seeing what I was Googling and what I was watching. Uh, so <laughs> they were ready to beat you up. <laughs> yeah. So we were, we had to have a conversation about who I was, what I do. And, uh, but I've never, never had a show that was so uncomfortable to research as yeah. this show. Yeah. Uh, and the part of what I found is, and what I said 10 years ago, that brought me a lot of flack, uh, maybe 15 years ago, was that all it's going to take is for some Harvard psychologist to say that it's healthy for the child if an adult leads them through the sexual yeah. process for the first time in a loving, caring relationship. It's safer and better for the child. That was the argument I made 10 or 15 years ago. Well, people thought I, I was being a proponent of this, uh, and I got all sorts of grief. But the, uh, the truth is it's only going to take a few psychologists and a few biologists to say that this is really, we've, we've been doing okay. it wrong all along and this is the better plan for the development of these kids, uh, for that to, for that to, uh, really kind of take off. And in my research, and I'll let you speak into that, but, and in my research, wasn't hard to find that really was not hard to find, uh, uh, academics who, who were making that argument already. 
Yeah. And if you don't go look for it, it's hard to find. These academics are the people that are influencing our, our what are now millennials, right? But uh, our, our teenagers and our, and our 20-somethings and our 30-somethings uh, are getting their morality from, from school. That type of teaching. And that is a failure of parenting, but it's also a failure of these schools not to take that responsibility exactly. uh, as a responsibility and, and be responsible with it. So the, uh, uh, some of the things I found, and I'll put them up here. Uh, where's the first one there is, uh, uh, I might have deleted it already, so I'll look it up in a second. But here's a college professor. Here's a college professor that is, uh, I'll put it on the screen for everyone. Here's a college professor that uh, basically, and this is probably a fringe website. Uh, well, probably not. Law enforcement today is probably not a fringe oh. website. But this is a college professor. This is a professor argues it should be legal for grown men to have sex with children. Uh, and it's probably a biased uh, article, but there's also facts in here. This guy is a professor at the University of Texas in Austin, Thomas Hubbard. And he's making the argument here that uh, uh, that. In ancient Greek cultures, it was it was widely accepted. In a lot of, of the primitive cultures, it was widely accepted. It, it was only, you know, uh, the Western culture based on Judeo-Christian values right. that vilified this in the first place. Uh, and he's he literally uh, teaching this to our kids in, in our schools. So uh, the quote here is, pederastic intimacy evolved in part as a social mechanism for addressing it. Contemporary U.S. culture has not compens- compensated for the magnitude of this problem. So that he's saying basically that we're kind of behind the curve, yeah. that we've created this problem, and now we're, we're refusing or slow to, to correct the problem. The scary part is this guy is teaching the people that will be in charge of our Hollywood studios and be in charge of our news our media and, and be in charge colleges. of our schools and colleges down the road. So the hippies from the 60s are now controlling all those things. If the, if the squares all went to Wall Street, they made a mistake because these guys took over the communication. Yeah. Uh, so they are they are in position That's a now. Powerful voice. Yeah, they are in position now to, to control the to control the narrative uh, prior without the consent or the or the supervision of the parents. Now your brain is not fully developed till you're 25. Most people, if they go straight to college, are done with college by 25. Even if they go on to graduate school. Yeah. Um, so it is. Uh, uh, these we're taking a very vulnerable demographic in American society turning them over to unsupervised in a sense to uh, people that profess to be enlightened, right? Yeah, and, and to yeah. profess uh, uh, to, to draw people away from that Judeo-Christian value, which is the foundation of Western society and certainly America. And, and yet if you look at world history and you look at how civilizations fall, oftentimes it's because of, in, in the final stages, pedophilia, necrophilia, bestiality, you know, very bizarre sexual activity. And those are the things that end up leading to the decline and the fall uh, of civilizations. And that has, that has been the case in society uh, from the beginning of society, yeah. certainly Roman Empire, uh, yeah. when, they, when they had the breakdown of the laws and the breakdown of morality and sure. they, uh, uh, led to the beginning of the end. And we could be, you know, if you, if you study or follow eschatology, the study of end times in Christianity sure. or in, in uh, Judaism or Islam, uh, the, by all three accounts, we're, we're in, we seem to be entering that period. Now, they've said that, they said that forever, right? They said that in World War II. They've been saying it forever. But uh, we have a situation now where half of the world, 
if you if you just go with the 50-50 number, half of the world is seems to be detached or delusional. They've detached from reality. Yeah. So they're not arguing uh, on a on an ethical or moral issue. They're arguing on an irrational issue yeah. that men are men and women are women and uh, race and, and gender are social constructs and have nothing to do with biology. Certainly an easier argument to make with race. The only, the only one difference between the races, but there's a lot of difference in the genders, emotionally, yeah. spiritually, physically. To say that is, and to teach our kids in college that those are social constructs is really ridiculous, but it's what's going on right now. I'm trying to find the... Uh, Trying to find the TED TV thing that uh, first piqued my interest in this and, and kind of re, uh, re-piqued my interest in this. But this is a German professor. Uh, I think this is the video here. Quickly summarize. Uh, this is uh, where we are. At the I'm going to put it on the screen now, guys. But this is a German professor that... Uh, uh, she she's doing a TED talk, a TED TV talk, which used to be the the gold standard yeah, of, of these yeah. types of conversations. But now it's just gone so far off the off the reservation that uh, some of it's disturbing. Uh, but this lady is a, a professor, PhD, Hello. university in Germany. I forget According what to university. Research, but listen, pedophilia is an unchangeable sexual orientation, just like, for example, heterosexuality. No one chooses to be a pedophile. No one can cease being one. The difference between pedophilia and other sexual orientations is that living out this sexual orientation will end in a disaster. So she is drawing a, a, a moral equivalency between heterosexuality and, and pedophilia, right? Uh, she is not coming out and saying that it should be legal, but she is uh, coming out that we should be more compassionate to people that struggle with it. And maybe we should, for sure, right? So some of the research I did, these people are just me scared that something bad could happen to them. Uh, it's not as much a crime as it is uh, a mental illness of sorts, right? Which I kind of, any, any, any kind of diversion from the biological norms, the standards, in some, in some way or other is a mental or emotional uh, issue yeah, usually. So it's thinking is... So it's not always, it's not uh, what people like to say is it's, it's physical or God made me this way or I was born this way. Almost always, I think there is, if you think There's that, always a trail of reasons that got them to where they're at. And people are, people's sexuality is driven by their, their psyche, right? Yeah. So uh, the reason why we're attracted to, to person A but not person B, same gender, you know, uh, me as a, a heterosexual male is not attracted to this woman, but attracted to that woman. Even this one is more attractive by 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 uh, worldly standards. Uh, I might be more emotionally attracted to this person, yeah. right? Driven by my psyche. There's certain things that that the average person won't do. Certain things the the unaverage person or somebody that is struggling emotionally or psychologically has to do to achieve a climax, yeah. right? There's certain things that that. That uh, and I, I blame pornography as a yeah, big part of this. That's a large part. They they every time they they have sex, they have to raise the bar. So yeah. it's not good enough now to have sex with your wife. You got to have uh, something on the outside. It's not good enough to have sex with just one person. You got to have two people. Got to have two people on a farm animal. You got to have yeah, and <coughs> two dudes, three girls, whatever it is. There's always got to be something a little yeah. They're constantly raising the bar, and they they've they've kind of spun off the norm to achieve that. 
uh, utopian delusion of what sex should be when sex should be an emotional exchange between a, a yeah. loving married couple. It's become everything but that. Well, and, and even with, with things like pornography, you can arrive at a point where what's real doesn't work anymore because fantasy has replaced it. Yeah. And that is, uh, that is, um, it, it, so clearly the, the, the argument I've had, even with Christians is that it's biological, but that is, uh, that is setting the bar too low. I found I, I after that conversation with somebody that I respected making that argument. After that conversation, I kind of did a little homework on the subject, and if and if I hold it up to my own sexuality, certainly my your physiolo your physiology is driven by your psychology. So when you talk about a man violently raping a woman, that is not just um, I'm not I'm talking about forcibly, right? Sure. That is not just a bad decision. That is a, a psychological problem. Uh, that 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 woman screaming and fighting for her life makes it better for you, or at least it, doesn't it, ruin it, it for you. It increases the level of if if uh, back in the day when I was sexually active, that is. But uh, if 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 uh, if she didn't seem that interested, I would lose my interest in it too. You know, that's yeah. I, that's a natural, normal reaction to it. But it, the idea that a man can physiologically change, get an erection to perform sexual act on a woman fighting for her life, that is clearly mental illness. Yeah, yeah there's a real disconnect on that one. Yeah, so that is that, that man's psychology is clearly driving his sexuality, and that goes for all of us, right? So any, any uh, I think the argument that it's physical, uh, there are people certainly that are hermaphrodites or whatever, they're, they're either both they're, genders they're the or exception. asexual, they're neither gender or whatever yeah. it is, but that is point zero 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 four percent or whatever. It's not almost non-existent, and it certainly exists. But that does not. Then, I think the to think that gender exists on a spectrum uh, is is disingenuous to to say that or think that. I think gender. I think the spectrum exists within the two genders. Certainly, there are more masculine men and more feminine women, and and vice versa. But those those that spectrum does exist certainly within the genders. I just don't think it crosses from one gender to no, another or no. that there's anything in between like they're teaching. And I can't, I can't speak for you, but when I was younger, gender and sex were actually interchangeable. I mean, you didn't think of, well, I'm male, but I, I identify as something else. What's your gender? I'm, yeah. I'm a male. You know, that was the way it was stated. It's only in recent years that yeah. psychologists have made that, that distinction. That is very recent, and in fact, sometimes uh, they they'll refer to it as "What was your assigned gender?" Yeah. So, yeah. as if the doctor gets to decide when you're born if you're a male or, or your mom or dad gets to decide if you're when you're born if you're male or female. Uh, certainly not a social construct, and anybody that follows that stream of logic uh, is either being uh, intentionally ignorant, willfully ignorant, or they are kind of full flight from reality they're just disconnected from reality for yeah. whatever reason you know and i think the social status and, and social acceptance drives a lot of this oh that's, kind of bizarre that's thinking huge. Yeah, yeah that that is huge well, we're going to take a look now at a. uh this is a calderon pool i never even heard of but this is one i came across while i was doing my homework now they put up their policies on pedophilia which is nice you're allowed to discuss children's sexuality and exploitation and, and phenomenon of attraction, uh, you're just not allowed to show it or, or be a proponent of it. So that is some pretty gray parameters for this. You cannot have sexualized content. They have that, and apparently that is non-sexualized content of that little girl or boy. I think that's a girl, and that's a guy uh, dressed like a girl. 
but they uh, they kind of go over Twitter's uh, social media, particularly Twitter's um, parameters for when social when when pedophilia is okay and when it's not okay. Yeah. So, uh, and this is again the the process. You talk about social media, which I uh, will talk about in a minute. <clears throat> they truly control the conversation, yeah. Because they'll shut you off. They they might YouTube might dump this video for what we're talking about. Yeah. They certainly won't be suggesting it. Uh, on that note, by the way, folks, please subscribe, ring the alert bell, because then uh, whether whether uh, YouTube uh, promotes my videos or not. You'll get to see it, encourage it, share it, get other people to watch it, get, be part of this conversation. You can message me in right now. You can call in, be part of the conversation, be part of the show. This is a show for you as well. So much so, if you want to be a guest, email me, guylogicprojectgmail.com, and uh, be part of the conversation. All too often, I have my friends that are uh, powerful keyboard warriors on social media. I invite them to come on the show and talk about it, and they won't. So, by the way, I admire the fact that, you, that you're always willing to do this. Uh, but a lot of the people that uh, bark the loudest on social media will never call, will never be a guest on this show. Uh, I'll be surprised if we get a single phone call the second half of this show. No one's going to want to attach themselves to this conversation. Why it's even more important that, that people are, you and I, people like you and I are bold enough to do that uh, here today. But the, uh, uh, so the, it goes through kind of, uh, if it's deemed, if it's deemed artistic, then it's okay. But if it's sexualized, if it's, uh, uh, sexualizing minor nudes, uh, then it's going to be deleted from Twitter. Uh, so that is uh, very loose, very subjective and, uh, and, uh, certainly very progressive. So the, uh, uh, it is, um, what was child pornography 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago. Maybe not so much anymore. You know what I find, scary. I find interesting about that being Twitter? A few weeks ago, I used the phrase, the founding fathers would have tarred and feathered them. Yeah. And I was I was suspended because they said I was speaking in violent terms. <laughs> and yet you have something like this and they can't see the clear picture. Yeah, and tarring and feathering was from the time well, of the founding yeah, fathers. That's, that's what how they somebody, did back yeah. then. So, but it is, it is not so much uh, of oopsie. But so it's not just the algorithm that picks that out. Somebody yeah. programmed the algorithm to do it. So it, when when what's his name Jack goes on on the talk show and says, uh, "Well, it's just a computer mistake." When and if you if you submit a request, we'll review it uh, manually. Somebody wrote the algorithm yeah. that the program that that determines the algorithm, and their their bias gets involved in that too. So it's not just an oopsie, right? So they accidentally ban a bunch of conservatives or Christians from a social media platform. Uh, I forget his name now. The Proud Boy guy got banned from everybody on the same day. Yeah. So clearly they networked. Clearly they knew each other was going to do it, uh, and and they banned that uh, McGinnis, Gavin McGinnis, maybe. Gavin McGinnis. Yeah. Uh, uh, clearly they they it, it wasn't uh, a coincidence that three or four media platforms banned them all on the same there, day. There have been some real popular conservative speakers, uh, very good people who've been banned for ridiculous reasons. Yeah, and yet this is this is allowed on there, and um, I, I when I talk to people, I try to say if you look at it from a Christian point of view, Jesus said, you know, better that you have a millstone tied around your neck and be tossed into the to the sea, than than to hurt a little child. Yeah, and we don't realize we are. This isn't even where they have a choice. At, they're at a very impressionable age, and we're an adult 
comes on to them and sexually manipulates them. And I shared with you before the start of the show, I can't get into details, but I had a, a scout master when I was younger yeah. who tried that and I had to push him away and, and run out. I mean, my dad had died when I was three and a half. This guy knew that and he looked at it as an opportunity to move in. He wasn't thinking, well, I'll show you how to have sex in a comfortable, safe way. He was right. perfect. He, yeah, prey behavior or seeming uh, seemingly prey, yeah. a young kid without a father, yeah. uh, triggered that predator response from, from maybe somebody that would not respond to every kid that way. Yep. But there was a golden opportunity. There was an easy path to it. Uh, and that we're going to talk a little bit about that. So we see uh, academics, college professors, our, these are trusted authorities in yeah. our kids' lives. So they, our kids nowadays, they, they don't seem to question anything, right? The college campus was meant to question everything in the 60s and 70s. But now if the professor says it, it's got to be true. Yeah. Um, we, we have these kids that come out of colleges and they're indoctrinated. I have friends that I, I love and I'm still friends with them, and they have all have uh, higher education and they all agree lockstep with each other on everything. They yeah. don't agris- disagree yeah, with each the, other yeah. on anything. If you anything. disagree, you're an outcast. Yeah, so it, it's it's insanity. It's creepy. What I like, I'm not a Republican, but what I like about the Republican Party is they fight amongst themselves. What's creepy about the Democratic Party is they don't fight about anything. They exactly. agree on anything. How is that possible? How is half our country agree on everything? Yeah. Right? They they don't uh they don't challenge each other on anything. They ex- and it's because a lot of them are higher educated people exactly. uh, and they've been indoctrinated. They've, they've been taught what to think and we failed to, be, to, to continue to teach our kids how to think like they did, believe it or not, in the 50s and 60s <laughs> and 70s yes. uh, on college campuses. So these kids are, these people are, are, are trusted authorities in our lives. We're turning our 18-year-old kids over to these people who, who look up to their professors and, and want to be accepted in a new environment. They're finally out from under the thumb of their or the pressure of their parents to some extent. And, and does that male or female professor look like a parent role model that is saying the things they want to hear uh, that they would then be accepted in, into a and, social group? And I know from my own kids' college uh, experiences They've been in classes where topics came up that were controversial and they took a Christian view and they were basically shamed and laughed at uh, in the movie God's Not Dead when the fellow uses that same thing. They can shame an individual to where, oh, listen to Johnny. He's such a backward, silly boy. He's one of those right wing bigots, you know, and, and the poor kid could be right, but the whole class is laughing at him. Yeah, and and, and so do we then not... Uh uh, what we've created there is kind of a social vacuum, an yep. intellectual vacuum where nobody disagrees, yep. right? And and there is that ideology that that withers, that that flourishes in that dark, closed space. But bring it out into the campus, bring it out into social media, bring it out, and and it, the Green New Deal seemed like a great idea, <laughs> such a good idea that that they put it out there, right? Yep. She didn't just make that up and send it out that day. She probably ran it by ran it by a hundred people, right? Sure. That was probably developed by a hundred people, probably okayed by a thousand people, peer reviewed amongst your peers that are like-minded. Then you put it out and all of a sudden you got to redact this line and that was in there by accident. And we got to get rid of cows and not fly in airplanes. Yeah. We got to collapse our economy uh, to save the environment. Now, if, if, and I'm all for saving the environment, by the way, I'm, I'm a, I am voted for Al Gore. Uh, but the, um, the, the copper, the, the carbon footprint of this planet, 51% of it comes from India and China. China yeah. 
And so if, if you say that there is any length, you'll go to any length to save the planet, which if the planet is in danger is, is the right plan. Or if you're willing to go to any length to save the planet so we don't all die in 12 years, or we probably only got 11 years left now, they <laughs> said it a year ago, why are we not invading China? Why are we not invading India and forcing them to uh, stop. Under, under bayonet sure. to, to stop polluting the atmosphere? Uh, they can't possibly believe that that's true and, and that the United States is, is the problem, right? But you know, it's the same thinking that goes into creating global warming that goes into creating that, that pedophilia is okay. Yeah, they mislead folks to to think that these things are okay. Obviously, we're already at the hour mark, so obviously we're going to be going over an hour here, folks, uh, and I will open the phone lines. I don't know that anybody's going to be bold enough to call in on a night like tonight, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop talking about it. Um, uh, these colleges, by the way, are also under grant. They're under a lot of pressure uh, to, to get sure, grants, to keep sure. funding these special programs and research programs. If they come up with the wrong results, they'll find a different college to find the right results, right? Yep. So uh, you can. I don't think that our, the people doing the research that builds the statistics that we, then, that we then put out there or will be put out there in this case, I don't think that they are uh, uh, – so genuine and, and so altruistic that they would that they are not influenced by money but only by righteousness yeah. uh, when they put out these reports because their their research has to be funded again next year exactly. right so they're like politicians needing to get reelected these college professors need to get funded again a year from now yeah, and so they're going to come up with what grants, people want to all of those grants are based on you producing the results they want we do. Produce. So the, the government and, and corporations hold the purse strings for these folks. Yeah. And I'm sure that when this explodes, and I think it's it's going to explode, uh, it will explode from our colleges first. Yeah, uh, I agree. There's going to be more papers than we pointed out here tonight coming out that this is, this is a virtuous, good idea, uh, that they are physiologically ready at 13 or 14 or whatever they go through puberty. So therefore, they must be designed to be emotionally ready for it. That'll be, it'll be that kind of argument. Take a big hit on it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be slowly but surely, but the, uh, our politicians, uh, fund these programs and these research programs. And certainly our corporations fund these research programs, which brings us to Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. Right. This is of course, uh, you know, the meme Je Epstein didn't kill himself. This guy was charged and just got a slap on the wrist in 2008. I think gets recharged, uh, and, and, a lot of powerful people are, are implicated in this thing. Uh, Prince Andrew in England. Uh, obviously, Bill Clinton flew with him 24 times and has been to the island. Donald Trump said 20 years ago, this is a great guy or something like that. Uh, and he likes his girls young, something to that effect. Uh, he, he, by the way, banned this guy from Mar-a-Lago. And I'm not a Trump defender, but the truth is yeah, the truth. I think when he found out where he was at. But he found out what was what this guy was about, banned him from Mar-a-Lago, but didn't report him or may not have reported yeah, which, him. Nothing was is, done about it. Yeah. So here's my point. The guys that are in his book are leading this world politically, yeah. academically. Uh, Financially. And, and I mean, our corporations, right? Some of our, if they're millionaires and billionaires, they, they are in media. They are in on Wall Street. They are... Uh, uh, entrepreneurs, right? They are driven. If, if you are a millionaire and a billionaire that's in that little book that nobody seems to want to talk about, yeah. uh, but leak out a little bit for political gain, but that's not what this is about, right? So they, they'll leak out a little bit about a Democrat or a little bit about a Republican or whatever, just to kind of give people political weaponry that weaponize it. Uh, but these are the most powerful people in the world. Right there's Hollywood executives in that book, from what I understand. Yeah. There's world leaders politically in that a book. A lot of world leaders. There's, there's 
some of the biggest business leaders in our in our in yep. America and around the world are in that book or yep. or part of his clientele. How is that not the biggest news in in yep. in the last hundred years? Right? How are they not talking about that nonstop? So the J- Epstein didn't kill himself memes. I shared a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and while they're funny, the topic isn't funny, but the, it's meant to keep this on people's minds. Don't let it go away. And now I'm seeing more and more. I had a lady uh, admonish me for sharing those things as a pastor uh, because she had be, been sexually be assaulted when she was a kid. And I, I was compassionate about that when I responded. But that the reason people do this, the Epstein didn't kill himself memes, is because they want to keep it on the on the social agenda. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't want it to just go away. Clearly, this guy didn't kill himself. <laughs> it would take more than one miracle for what happened well, in that jail. Especially the guards falling asleep, the cameras don't work. And then the they had they had film, and then they lost it. And yeah. they moved his roommate. He's on suicide watch, and he's not on suicide you watch. Know, the next week, the, he kills the, himself. The doctor in New York who does all of that research, a very highly respected man, and he said, there's no way. All the years he's been doing it, he's never saw a suicide with the bones that were broken, broken the areas of blood flooding that were flooded. So the odds of that of that being true, and here's the scary part. Powerful pe- people are going to look into this. They're going to draw a conclusion that perhaps he, it, you know, um, he didn't kill himself. But then the people above them are going to say, keep it to yourself. Don't yeah. publish that. Yeah. And when they do publish it, when they do go rogue and bring out that message, they'll be conspiracy theorists. They'll be dismissed by the media who are complicit in that type of degenerate behavior and, and in Hollywood. Well, and I can't think of the, the lady's name that had come out with the story, or maybe it was a guy, but they had come out with a story like a year earlier, and it was, it was poo-pooed. It was, you know, crushed. Yeah. And ABC News. She had the whole thing. The she, they accidentally hot-miked her, I, I'm assuming accidentally, yep. that she had the whole thing, and ABC News, uh, ABC News canned it. They, did, yeah. they wouldn't let her go with it after a year and a half of research or whatever. And she was fired yeah. from that hot mic situation sure. or for putting out that hot mic film. Uh, and uh, another guy was fired from a different channel or something for, the, yep. for that same incident. I don't know exactly how that worked. But uh, clearly, the mo- if the most important people in the world, the most powerful people in the world are into this, clearly there's a tremendous amount of pressure to make this legal. So the idea that, uh, that, that I got a lot of this week when I first put out the ad for this show, that this could never be legal – I think anything could be legal if the right people want it to be legal. If somebody would have said back in the days to the founders, one day babies will be ripped from the womb and killed, one day old people would be put to death, you know, for their own good. Yeah, they they would have never believed it, and and it it's just going to get progressively worse. Yeah, could you imagine trying to make the argument of killing? I think we're up to sixty million babies since nineteen seventy four, and that it's a good thing, it's a virtuous thing. Uh, even before I was a Christian, that was absolute insanity yeah. to me. And I wasn't, I was a, a, probably a classical real liberal at the time, but you got to add some logic to these arguments and, and killing babies for convenience is not okay. I mean, exactly. they make the argument of rape and incest, which is like 0.4% of the instances. And if that's the case, and if you want that loophole, if you're saying that's the reason, then make that kind of, of abortion legal. Make sure you get a conviction from the, from the rapist or the incestuous person and, and then if, if the woman doesn't want that baby, that's fine. If that's the case, you've still saved, instead of $70 million, you've saved 69999000 of them. Interesting situation back in when we were up in Buffalo, Pastor, and uh, we were at a protest outside of abortion clinic, and a black girl and a white girl came up together, and they, well, why are you here? And we explained, 
And the white girl said, well, what if, you know, a, a black man raped your wife? What would you do then? And I just looked at the black girl and I said, you do realize that was her that said it. Yeah. I said, what I would do is have that baby because it wouldn't be the baby's fault. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. But, but the object there is there's so much hypocrisy in their arguments. And well, same thing with the pedophilia. Well, and uh, let me tell you, abortion is, is eugenics. That's what it was really. Margaret yeah. Sanger was a eugenicist. Yeah. And that's really the, the idea was to control uh, people black that population. weren't. That's the black population, the disabled population, and people that were lower intellect or what yep. they de- deemed was lower intellect. Perfect race. Yeah. So it was very Hitler-like. Yes. Uh, and now it is, it, you know, it, it was, uh, we're not talking about, about the, the right to life, which I am a strongly pro-life person, but the... Uh, 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 in 1974, they had the choice, and I was seven years old, so I didn't have a choice. But in 1974, they had the choice to either raise the standard of behavior for men yep. or lower the standard of behavior for women to make it equal, right? That's yep. essentially what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah. And they decided to lower the standard of behavior for, for women uh, rather, or uh, the moral behavior for women rather than raise the moral behavior for exactly. men. Uh, and this is... So it's not just a woman problem. These men are most I most men are more than willing to put up three hundred bucks or five hundred bucks they, or whatever. A lot it of costs. times they push the woman into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. and and when they don't, does that man who fathered that child not have a right to to, to speak into that? Have a uh, voice. And if you're if we're gonna be science deniers, clear uh we know that at, at six to eight weeks the genetic code of that child is is fully written and yeah. independent of the mother carrying the child. Yeah. It's already connected to the uterine wall and has begun developing, and there is no other science-wise that it is absolutely, genetically, a whole different being just happens exactly. to be inside of another being. Yeah. But that's not really what we're talking about. Now, we'd be hypocrites, Jack. You and I as pastors, you as a retired pastor, me as a fairly new pastor, we'd be hypocritical if we didn't point out that religious people oh, and religions are absolutely guilty of this, and, and clearly the Catholic Church comes to mind, right? Yeah. They've had more uh, they've had more scandals within the largest uh, Christian denomination in the world is the Catholic Church, and they have more cover-ups and more scandals. Um, and I was raised Catholic. I'm not a Catholic defender. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I joke around sometimes that I'm recovering Catholic because I'm Protestant now. But the uh, uh, I I. Uh, most of the people that I'm related to are still Catholics, right? Yeah. There are certainly great Catholic people. They are they are saved Absolutely. as much as we yeah, are. They're I, saved by faith, just like us. Uh, but the 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 tr- the religion of Catholicism, what cynics would call the Church of Rome or Rome, uh, has been complicit in covering up. And instead of instead of uh, getting these men counseling, getting them out of a position of authority over young boys or young girls. They just move them to a different parish over and over yeah, and over again. Yeah. They cover the whole thing up. I'm pretty sure it's why uh, that pope uh, resigned. And and when in the history of humanity, I don't even know if a pope ever resigned before. Uh, the, in my lifetime, I don't ever remember. I, I didn't even know you could resign if you were a pope. Catholic, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, uh, it is it is absolutely horrible. You look at the Muslim faith and Sharia and uh, and child brides and 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 uh, predetermined. I forget they call it, but pre predetermining marriages and. A fifty-year-old guy marrying a fourteen-year-old girl, uh, uh, so they they certainly uh, are complicit in this too, and yeah. they 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 could make the argument that it's a, a religious freedom, which makes it even more complicated. Uh, but the the Protestants are not are not um, uh, innocent in this process either. So everybody likes to point to the Catholic Church 
as well, a Protestant, uh, we've got to look at ourselves well, as well. If you think about it, years, several years back, I can't think of his name now, but he pastored in Colorado. He was the head of the National Evangelical Association, the nationwide one, and he was found uh, in in a gay relationship. And it's like that didn't just start there. That began somewhere earlier. And, oh, yeah. and, and here he is as the, the leader of the largest evangelical group practicing what we all would believe to be sin. And a large, a large uh, church out, I think, uh, Bethel maybe or, or Hillsong. I don't know. It's a uh, get the guy's name, and I looked at it today. Uh, a large mega church out on the West Coast, uh, and he, he was charged with, and, and that church was charged with covering up uh, sexual abuse, at least of, of adult women. Yep. Uh, but the, the church, knowing it's a sin, yep. driven by the dollar, Right, driven by status and influence. Don't want to lose their big church. So driven by the by all the wrong things, going against scripture, uh, covered this up until and it was going on for years before this guy stepped down. And this is a guy that's written books and he's famous. I can't remember his name, uh, but he and I don't want to say the wrong name if it's not yeah, the right pastor or the right church. Definitely don't want to do but that. But the uh, uh, this is this is not unique to Christendom, right? No. It's not unique to Christianity because we see it certainly in the Muslim community. And if you looked, if you researched it, you'd find it in in the other. Well, in, and in I shared Judaism. with you before the show. I talked about the evangelist who came to the church I pastored in in uh, in upstate New York who molested two kids in the church. You know, these people are traveling around and they're and they're cherry picking people that they get along with, and yeah. you know. It, it, it isn't in one church. It's all over that. We wouldn't have to have the the background checks that we do today if everybody would be safe with children. Yeah, we have. If you're going to work in our kids' ministry, you're going to get a background check. Exactly. And you're going to have to. But even to, that doesn't. Even that doesn't. No, it doesn't. Safety. Well, we, we have we have a policy where you have to be a, a, a regular attendee for six months. you got to yep. do a background check. And we never have one adult, even me, a pastor, yep. never one adult alone with kids. Exactly. So that we always have two adults with, with the group of kids. Exactly. Uh, part of that is, truth is, people can accuse you of anything. And if you're a pastor, people are going to want to believe it right now. I mean, that's the nature yep. of this thing. And I would be cynical, too. In fact, if, if, I was, if somebody on my staff was accused of that, whether I thought they did it or not, they would be removed from that position because I'm not going to take the chance, right? Exactly. I'm not going to help this person as much as I may love them. I'm not going to help them through that process. We'll let, we'll let the legal process take its course. But in the meantime, you're not in my kid's church. You're not leading in my church. Exactly. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, that's how I would handle it. And thank God I haven't had to handle it that anything like that yet. I've had other things I've had to deal with uh, simply – Having an alcohol shirt in my kids' ministry when you're there to volunteer. Yeah. Go find another shirt or go home, but you're not volunteering. You're not at my sign-in deck, my check-in desk with your Budweiser shirt on uh, in my teen group. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And my young kids. Uh, kids are drawn to that kind of. It's just a shirt. It's just a shirt, and you're going home or finding another shirt, but you're not wearing that at my desk. I had a, we had a young guy here that was gender confused, uh, struggled a lot, and we were, you know, we were every, trying to speak into him and guide him, and uh, I come into the. I come into the kids' building doing my rounds during uh, whatever groups were on campus that night, and the kid is uh, got makeup on his face and he's doing his nails at my check-in desk, mm. uh, doing uh, like glitter fingernail polish at sure. my check-in desk, and my staff member, my trusted staff member, member is standing there laughing and, and going along with it, encouraging it, and so I walk in and I stop and and the kid says, "Hey, Kevin, how do you like this? How does that look? You know." Uh, I had to break it all up. Had to send that kid home. Yeah. Had to had to sit down with the staff member. 
uh, this is not okay, right? This is okay maybe in your home, none of my business, but you can't be in my church, in leadership in my church. Now, you could be gender-confused and homosexual and be uh, – uh, an attender of my church, sure. but you're not going to be in leadership in my church. Does yeah, that no, make sense? I think that's where people get confused. We're not there to try to put them into hell. We're there to try to lead them out to the path back to the cross of the Christ. And we're not there to, to belittle them, but, but we're not going to allow the sin to be prevalent. And, but some churches will, and, and yeah. a tremendous number of, of, of denominations and, and within Christianity will. And the United Methodists just They're divided split. almost in half last week yeah. over over uh, uh, ordaining homosexuals and and uh, uh, doing same sex marriages. Yeah. So it is uh, it is uh, here, right? And I have no problem with what you do in your bedroom or what you do in your private life. I have friends and family members that are homosexuals practicing loving normal. Love hanging out with them, homosexuals, yeah. but I'm not going to marry them. Yeah. I'm not going to perform a ceremony well, for them. You know, I'm not certainly not going to ordain them. Yeah, people don't realize that it's not eight. I, I shared with you the last time I was on, my second oldest child, my oldest son, is gay. Yeah. Uh, somewhere within the next couple months, he's getting married. He's mad at the entire family because we will not partake in the event. But I could no more sit there and partake in something I know that's an abomination. I will love him till the day I die. I take a bullet. How do you be a part of that? Yeah, but and, to, and to they, do that is to condone it and leave him thinking it's okay. And they almost, they, they should, they have to respect that. Yeah. Right? So if you're going to respect their position or their, their lifestyle or whatever, but they're not going to re- be tolerant of your views, your religious views, yeah. then it's their decision. They've exactly. created that situation, exactly. not me. So I have a brother that uh, uh, is homosexual, and he, my younger, my fourteen-year-old daughter asked me if I would, if he got married, would I be the pastor? And I said no, and she was shocked, you know. And I love him; we, this, we get along this great. Culture, we spend, this today's kids don't get that, though. Yeah, they think, oh, that's it's, it's troubling. So we it, we're going to wrap it up here. We're going to open the phone lines because we haven't yet. Uh, but the uh, we've been talking an awful lot and we're an hour and 15 minutes into this and, and getting a little off topic. But if we look at, if we look at things like Hollywood and the media, the mainstream media, if we look at academia, our court systems that are under a lot of political and social pressure yep. to be progressive, right? Uh, we see a constant assault on our constitution yep. that it should be a living document that is, uh, that should be changed. The second amendment should be changed. Uh, we, we've for, for a century, we've been, we've been, uh, on, uh, Putting a lot of pressure on the First Amendment, the freedom of religion part of it, certainly uh, the 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 delusion or the misinformation that we are not a Christian nation is has been taught for a gen- yeah. two generations yeah. now. Um, so the uh, the assault on our Constitution, the weakening and watering down of our Constitution, it, it creates a an opening for anything to pass through. And this is this is these are the things that bother me. If our if our millionaires and billionaires are active in this lifestyle. If Hollywood's active in this lifestyle, if our college professors are active in it or professing the virtue of it, yeah, uh, and then our politicians, our world leaders, active in this lifestyle, the, there is no single more powerful institution than the Catholic Church active yeah. in this lifestyle or at least condoning or covering up this lifestyle. If this becomes legal, and I'm afraid it will if we don't resist, and I don't think we could even do much to resist it if we're up against that kind of power, that sure. kind of leverage— that would be the single strongest uh, political interest or political lobby in the history of America. Exactly. So if all those people, if they had the money, the political clout, academia in their pocket, the media in their pocket, um, 
it would be single-handedly the strongest uh, political action group or political lobby yeah. that we've ever had to deal with. Uh, so there is clearly a path. If, if even half of the things that we talked about tonight are true, yeah. if, if we've overstated it and it's less than and less true, it's still a tremendous amount of power. And the final question we have to ask is if there is that much political power associated with it, and I'm going to go to you, uh, do you think they're going to add the P to the end of the LGBTQ, not so much because they condone the behavior in, in, a, in a moral sense, but who in the world is going to turn down that kind of political influence? Well, yeah, and it just it just enlarges the group that they have. That's all they've done every time they've added a new letter. Uh, there's not really agreement with the transgender groups and the rest of the chain, but because they all fit in the same group, they go with it. Same thing will be true of pedophiles. So, you know, well, listen, we, these are our sexual preferences. That's their normal. Uh, I, I see that being the direction it's all going in right now. I wonder if, uh, I wonder how uh, kind of, what do you call it, mainstream or, or kind of normal homosexuals, how, how do they feel in private about, and I'd love to do a show about this, how do they feel in private about being tethered to the, the trans community? Uh, it, it's a different issue. It's kind of a different problem with different solutions. But because of the political power that goes along with it, they, I think they've been tethered together. And I can't imagine uh, rational homosexuals uh, are, are all thrilled about being kind of lumped together. I would love to have somebody call, speak into that, or I'd love to have a show about that. Um, but the, uh, I don't think they need to accept the P, pedophilia, uh, strictly on a, on a moral basis. But would they not accept it on a, on a political leverage basis? Yeah, how, could they, they how could they resist the money that well, would come you saw with it. When, you saw when Martina Navratilova uh, spoke out against the transgender group, she was immediately beaten down. There have been mothers who have spoken at the Pasco school board meetings who are lesbians, uh-huh. but who have said, I don't want my daughter or my son in a locker room and having somebody of the opposite sex come in. I mean, th- there isn't agreement there, but politically they're joined at the hip. I can't imagine that they that it's that comfortable for them or that they're... Uh, kind of that okay with it. Uh, uh, I'm going to open the phone lines. It's going to take me a second, folks. And so you know, if you watch the show, you already know that I am both the engineer and the host of this show. Uh, and he does a good job. <laughs> so I am running the show here while I'm also conducting the interviews. So sometimes I, I fall behind in some of the technical stuff because I'm part of the conversation as well. Uh but I encourage you guys to call in. We've got a separate phone line we're firing up right now. It's very awkward, by the way, Jack, for me to answer the phones, so I may interrupt you to answer the phone Not call. Callers, if you, if you call in, and I, uh, I'll try to answer. I'll tell you to hold on. But uh, we don't have somebody waiting, you know, lining up phone calls in the next room. It's happening right here on the desk in front of me. Uh, I don't imagine a ton of people are going to be wanting to call in for a topic it's like a this tough, anyway. It's a tough if you if you're if you're more comfortable with it, you can call in anonymously. If you want to comment anonymously, you can email me uh at godlogicproject at gmail.com. Uh, I won't disclose what we talk about. I won't disclose your identity of anything we talk about. Guys, if there's anything I can help you with, if you're struggling or have a family member struggling uh with uh with uh addiction or, or any kind of issues like that, if I if you just need some one on one prayer Email me. I'll certainly make Amen. myself available. I have resources all over the state of Florida in the recovery community and outside of the state of Florida now. Uh, it's ter- it, 
if you have a family member that uh, you're at your wit's end uh, and you're really struggling to, to, to find a solution, email me. I'll reach out to you. Uh, people call me all the time, and I reach out to the recovery community here in the Tampa Bay area and beyond. Our guests a couple weeks ago were from the East Coast uh, of Florida. Our guest uh, last week was from the East Coast in the recovery community. I have resources everywhere. If I can help you guys, believe me, that's really what we're here to do. I'm not here to make anybody Amen. feel bad. Uh, we are trying to make a difference. So uh, email me. Let me know. By the way, folks that are still shopping on Amazon, go to God Logic Project. Uh, dot com you click on the amazon logo shop is normal doesn't cost you a thing but they will uh send a portion of your purchase percentage of your purchase to the god logic project help pay for the monthly expenses of running this studio which now come out of my very shallow pockets every month um i set up a paypal some folks wanted to donate directly to the god logic project so paypal.me forward slash god logic project you make cash donation to the god logic project uh, help keep things going here, help support things here. If you want to be on the show, you got a story to tell, I'd love to have you guys. Uh, by the way, you don't have to be a Christian to be on this show. You don't even have to be heterosexual to be on this show. You don't, you can, you don't even have to be a Republican. I'm not a Republican. You're welcome to be a Democrat and be uh, a lefty and be on this show. You could be a communist next week. Oh, I don't have the, the artwork. Next week we're going to talk pretty much the same thing, the path to communism. It's going to be, uh, I got one of my, uh, my, my friends that is a big Trump guy, right? You know I'm not a huge Trump guy. People that watch the show know I'm a big fan. I'm not a big fan of the president, but he's doing a great job. Uh, but I also have a young millennial that uh, constantly uh, putting out there the virtues of, uh, of democratic socialism, which I think is uh, uh, misleading. Well, he's, they're both going to be on the show next, next Wednesday night, 7 p.m. If you subscribe, ring the alert bell. You'll get an alert every time we put up new content or go live so you don't have to try to remember these things. I need to get, by the way, to 1,000 subscribers. So if you, if you, uh, even if you're not planning on watching the show, uh, if you would subscribe, that would be very helpful. By the way, commenting on these videos, thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, being part of the uh, process is good for my numbers on YouTube and will help me build this channel, help me build the influence of this message on social media. Uh, we got the phone lines open. I don't know that anybody's going to call. I was suspecting that they wouldn't, but I wanted to give them the opportunity. And we also uh, were five minutes away from being an hour and a half into this thing. It flew by quickly. Wow. Uh, we covered a lot of rough content. Certainly, guys, if you have further questions, email me, godlogicprojectgmail.com. Uh, I will continue this process. If I can help you guys in any way uh, out there in the community, glad to do it. Uh, we'll give them another couple minutes, Jack, and we're going to wrap it up. But uh, uh, if you'd like to, you know, give somebody some last-minute advice of uh, of kind of uh, how to deal with, uh, as a Christian, as a Christian family, how to deal with the influences of the non-Christian influences, non-Christian worldview on, a, on, on your family as you try to maintain a Christian worldview. Yeah, uh, I think— the Apostle Paul was probably a good example. He said, I become all things to all men, and perchance I might win a few. Sometimes you've got to sit in somebody's environment and understand where they're coming from rather than being there with a hammer and try to understand where they're coming from, try to patiently answer your view. And a lot of times the fact that you'll love them in spite of what they are doing that's the opposite of your belief yeah. makes a, a huge difference for them. I, I mean, my, my family... That we're six kids, my wife and I. Uh, we have friends. My my next door neighbor comes over every day. She's a Muslim. Uh, we have my son is gay. We we have people of all different breeds. But you're trying to show them a Christ 
who died for all of mankind, no That's matter right. what the situation. Right. Uh, I think if I could say this on your behalf, Kev, those of you that are out there, I would ask you from my heart that you go to his site and subscribe. Kevin is doing an incredible job with these shows that he's putting on. He's not dodging any issues. And I really would ask you to go there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go home again. I do it every time I'm around here and put a link up telling people go there and subscribe. He's doing a really good job and it's, and it's a very helpful show. I appreciate you saying that because it, uh, uh, I've gotten less traction than I thought I was going to get. I knew I was going to be talking about things people didn't want to talk about or they want to talk about anonymously, uh, and I can do that too. I mean, we could even have I can you can have you can be on this show as John Q for all I care. Uh, what I want to do is make a, an environment where it's safe to disagree. Amen. Uh, and the uh, I turn on the news and I turn on other YouTube channels. I'm a big YouTube guy, and I can't listen to the blabbering anymore. I'm just yeah. tired of it. And and I can almost say what they're going to say next. It's so, it's so uh, canned and predictable. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we try to create a different environment here. Uh, uh, if you need, if you are a Christian and, and truthfully, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that more Christians haven't subscribed to the channel, but if you're trying to maintain a Christian worldview in this, in what I believe is a post-Christian America, the first generation of a post-Christian America, uh, you're going to need to know how to give a reasonable defense for the things you believe yep. and do so with gentleness and respect. And, uh, that's kind of the goal of the God logic project. Amen. And I think it's a tool that families need. Uh, so I appreciate your saying that. And I appreciate everybody that supported the God logic project so far for a lot of reasons, by the way, folks, <clears throat> we need to get to a thousand subscribers. Here's a killer. I got like more than 2000 friends on Facebook and truth is I don't know all of them, but, uh, I thought I would get to a thousand subscribers in no time. Uh, we're sneaking up on a year, and I'm at 351. Yeah, and, uh, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. And sometimes people uh, cancel, uh, unsubscribe if I talk about a topic they don't like. I get yeah. that almost every week. I'll get five new subscribers, and three people will quit. Uh, will unsubscribe me. Kind of defeats the purpose, folks. The idea is that we talk about things we disagree about. We get out of those intellectual bubbles that we exist in. Uh, that is, by the way, killing this country. Uh, and if you if you're a patriot like me and you love this country, um, having these conversations is almost your responsibility. Amen. Being part of this conversation, uh, if you're if you're not part of this conversation, you're probably part of the problem. I don't mean to be heavy handed, ah, but that's, that's that's the truth. That's part of what it is. So the uh, I appreciate you guys watching the show. I can tell folks have been watching live, and people this will be up for posterity. Uh, you go to youtube.com forward slash Godlogic Project. This and all my videos are up there. I don't take stuff down, although I'll probably begin to take some of the early stuff down when my audio and video weren't very good. Uh, but uh, I'll just redo those episodes for there all I go. care. Uh, if you've got a story to tell, email me, godlogicprojectgmail.com. If you're an expert, by the way, in sociology, psychology, anything like that, even if uh, you don't agree, and odds are we won't agree, um, I'd glad to have you on here. I want to do a series on denominations. I'm working on getting Mormon, uh, a Mormon episode on here which they like to be called Latter-day Saints, apparently. Yep. If you're a Jehovah's Witness, you like to come in and, and kind of state your case for Jehovah's Witness faith. Uh, I don't even think I know any Jehovah's Witnesses. I'd love to have you on there. Email me, godlogicprojectgmail.com. I'm, I'm lining up a Catholic show because I have some Catholic ties in my family. Sure. Uh, we did an episode where a, 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 a fundamentalist Baptist kind of tore up my church and my oh, pastor. Yeah, I saw that. that was a good one. Uh well, I have a friend that's a fundamentalist Baptist that isn't like that, and his argument is that that is not indicative of the IFB, the Independent it's Fundamentalist not. Baptist. So he's going to bring some guys in here. We're going to do an IFB episode, which is interesting. 
Uh, if you're a Muslim, right? Two, I got room in the studio for two or three people. Come on in here, make your case. We can do video remotes. You don't even have to be in Florida to be on the show. That's what I have to say. I'm, I'm kind of out of breath, and I'm sick of listening to myself. Anything you'd like to say to the world, Jack? No, I, I think we probably covered <laughs> I think it, people are tired. Great. It's been great doing it again. Yeah, and that, that was a quick hour and a half. That was an hour and a half episode. Flew by quick. Anyway, that's our show for today. Nobody told you they love you. God loves you. So do I. Receive that. Be blessed. And we'll speak soon. Outro music. Thank you for supporting the God Logic Project. And if no one's told you they love you today, God loves you. So do I. Receive that. Be blessed. We'll speak soon. This has been a Rev Kev production.